We meet in an hour of change and challenge, in a decade of hope and fear, in an age of both knowledge and ignorance. The greater our knowledge increases, the greater our ignorance unfolds. No man can fully grasp how far and how fast we have come. But condense, if you will, the 50,000 years of man's recorded history in a time span of but a half a century. Stated in these terms, we know very little about the first 40 years, except at the end of them, advanced man had learned to use the skins of animals to cover them. Then about 10 years ago, under this standard, man emerged from his caves to construct other kinds of shelter. Only five years ago, man learned to write and use a cart with wheels. Christianity began less than two years ago. The printing press came this year. And then less than two months ago, during this whole 50 year span of human history, the steam engine provided a new source of power. Newton explored the meaning of gravity. Last month, electric lights and telephones and automobiles airplanes became available. Only last week did we develop penicillin and television and nuclear power. This is a breathtaking pace and such a pace cannot help but create new ills as it dispels old. So it is not surprising that some would have us stay where we are a little longer to rest, to wait, if this capsule history of our progress teaches us anything, it is that man in his quest for knowledge and progress is determined and cannot be deterred. We shall send to the moon, 240,000 miles away, a giant rocket more than 300 feet tall on an untried mission to an unknown celestial body and then return it safely to Earth. But why, some say, the moon? Why choose this as our goal? And they may well ask, why climb the highest mountain? Why, 35 years ago, fly the Atlantic? We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal will serve to organize and measure the best of our energies and skills. Because that challenge is one that we're willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone. And therefore, as we set sail, we ask God's blessing on the most hazardous and dangerous greatest adventure on which man has ever embarked. We're not going to the moon this time, guys. Uh, at least, not literally. We have problems here at home, in our own backyards, in our communities, our towns, our cities. And no one said it was going to be easy to fix. And if we zoom out too far, all of these incredible accomplishments throughout history are just blips in time. And it's so easy to forget the power of the individual to bring about this breathtaking pace of change. 
the purpose of this podcast is to not describe the why Bitcoin, but to start diving into the how. There are so many of us out there that understand Bitcoin or feel as though we understand Bitcoin, but there is not enough content out there explaining how. How do we introduce businesses to Bitcoin, consumers? As a business owner, how do I accept it? How do I promote it? How do I hold it? There are a million different questions that the why does not explain. So our objective with the e-commerce podcast is to empower the individual at the local level. Whether you're a business owner seeking to enter into the Bitcoin economy, or you're a Bitcoiner looking for ways to help people in your community take their first steps, this podcast is for you. Hope you enjoy. Hey everyone, welcome to the very first episode of the B-Commerce Podcast. This is your gateway to the Bitcoin circular economy. I'm Michael Atwood, and I'm joined by John Burnett. What's up, John? Hello, everybody. <laughs> How you doing? So, John. I'm excited. Episode one. Hell let's yeah. Go. Let's go. Let's go. So, John, why are we doing this podcast? Why B-Commerce? What's B-Commerce? B-Commerce is going to be and is now, as of episode one, the gateway to the Bitcoin circular economy. We, uh, we're joining forces, small business, medium-sized business, the businesses that matter with uh, Bitcoin solutions to make it easy to not only hodl, but to spend, save, and uh, earn in Bitcoin and find ways to make it easy and accelerate the path to the future. That's right, because it's far easier than people think. It's far easier, um, you know, for businesses now than it was even just like six months ago to get started and and kind of dip your toes into the Bitcoin economy, participate in not e-commerce, right, but B-commerce, um, commerce that happens faster, cheaper, and, uh, you know, you can actually get some Bitcoin along the way. So, so John, I guess I guess we'll just like introduce ourselves. You know, uh, I'll s start with you. Um, How did you get involved in in Bitcoin? What's your experience with it, and so on? Yeah, so um, so I'm a, a, a partner in Tequiza Tacos. Uh, we are accepting Bitcoin. I have Bitcoin on the balance sheet. We're about to sell Bitcoin. We're we're all about it. And um, you know, I got. Uh, the accelerated crash course Navy SEALs boot camp into Bitcoin pretty late in the game. And, and it just kind of blew my mind. Um, I'm a very logical guy. I follow data. I don't care about what people do. I don't care about what people think. I don't care what the masses are doing. I always try to analyze uh, from a data and logic perspective, you know, what's going on. And when I found Bitcoin, it was like finding truth for the first time. It was really insane. Took me a while. Um, family member uh, in 2017 introduced me. 
and I didn't get it like a lot of people don't get it, but I got it enough to, you know, buy a thousand dollars worth at the top of the market back then. And then it crashed and I was busy and it went down and I just said, okay, I'll hold on to it. No big deal. We'll see where it goes. I did not understand the implications of it or the meaning of it until way later uh, after the pandemic and after I got my business kind of back out all the shutdowns, then we got together again and he really, you know, started in on Bitcoin right away. And I'm like, okay, no, I didn't do anything. He was a bit concerned about it. I'm like, okay, this is something interesting. And then we talked about it. And as we, we've talked about in the past, you know, I didn't really get it until I asked about all the other coins because those are very confusing. There are a lot of noise and everybody wonders what's what and are they the same? Are they not the same? And I said, well, you know, a question I have is what about these other coins? And he said, look, there are no others. They're all shit. There's only one. And then we started to go into in the next couple of days why that is. And I got sucked in. We did thought experiments for several days, and at the end, we sold our house. We went all in. We reconfigured our business. We reserved with Unchained Capital, uh, and uh, just kind of kept going on and on from there. And I was kind of in euphoria, like, ah, oh, this is such a great future. And then I started thinking, well, what do we got now? <laughs> and I went down that rabbit hole, and and that's really the scary one because that's what's going to catch everybody off guard. That's what's going to you know, without going down any of the really extreme stuff, it's a, it's a problem for all businesses because you have this inevitable mathematical certainty of a tidal wave of inflation that will inevitably wash all of the uh, businesses away unless they find a life raft to kind of float above the tide. And that's what Bitcoin is. And that's only a small part of what Bitcoin is, but that's such a vital part for the businesses which we're talking about and uh, and so I found this urgency to be able to immerse myself in this economy. And not only that, we're only one business, so we need to get our communities involved and individuals, and we need to make it easy on all fronts in order to project ourselves as far into this future as possible to make the transition as least painful as possible and uh, and really light that fire. Hell yes. And that's what we're trying to do. Yep. <laughs> that's exactly what we're trying to do. I mean, I guess you, you kind of talk about how you first got started, you bought like a thousand bucks and, you know, the market crashed, you bought the top. So maybe that was, I don't know, between 15 to 20,000, $20,000. Was this like back in uh, 2017, 2018, you're saying? Yeah, it was, I bought yeah. some at 12,000, some at 14,000 and it went to like three. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. I know exactly when you're talking about. Yeah. And then subsequently after it went to three, it then went up uh, to, you know, 69 or something like that. Exactly. And so it's kind of interesting, like you were saying, all of the other altcoins, um, you know, people who, who, bought those altcoins at that price, uh, most of those altcoins probably didn't survive at all. Uh, Bitcoin always just seems to come back stronger. Uh, it has a 12-year track record. Um, yeah, sure, it's very volatile, but it's going up and to the right over the long term, whereas you know, fiat currencies are going down and to the right. They're losing value, although it's stable. It's like a frog in, in boiling water, right? Uh, it's guaranteed to lose value. And you know, historically, Generally speaking, fiat currencies are, are guaranteed to die off, uh, much 100%. like these altcoins. Yeah, and the difference is these these altcoins die off really fast. Um, and in counter to that, the Bitcoin fashion. goes up exactly spectacular fashion always. Um, 
so you know, I, you know, myself, um, I got involved in 2017 as well. I, uh, I, I pretty much bought the top uh, as well, and I bought all sorts of different crap coins and shit coins and all that. And because uh, I was trying to figure out what what this is all about, I find it really, really exciting. And um, you know, fast forward to, to 2018, between you know, I don't know, six or eight months later, I was like way down the Bitcoin rabbit hole. I, I understood through pain that all these other coins are worthless, generally speaking, and uh, Bitcoin's the only one that matters. And so I began um, creating a company um, called Oshi, which helps small businesses get set up and helps promote themselves and, and uh, incentivize their customers to actually spend Bitcoin, right? And so that's kind of been my path for the past, God, like three years or so, just studying, you know, and, and learning about how we can get Bitcoin inserted into economies without necessarily having everybody like need to understand the nitty gritty of Bitcoin. Because if you have to understand why Bitcoin on a deep level um, before accepting it, it's going to take a while. But additionally, you're probably going to get burned really bad <laughs> because you're going to trail off like many of us have before and start start dabbling in all these altcoins. Um and so, you know, that that's exactly why, you know, we're doing this, right? Because one, we want to show businesses why it's so easy or how how easy it actually is to get set up to accept Bitcoin. It's far easier than you think and how beneficial it can be right here, right now, whether or not you actually want to hold on to the Bitcoin. Like you can use Bitcoin, the network, and still receive dollars if you want. You know, I, I recommend holding some Bitcoin for sure. Um but just so you know, you can utilize the Bitcoin network to save in processing fees, to to you know market your business, to bring in new customers, and even and even incentivize them uh, to to pay with Bitcoin in the form of you know rewards and, and so on. Um, so you as a business owner, uh, me as somebody that works with a lot of business owners, you know introducing them to Bitcoin, uh, you know we got in touch, and you know like you said, it's rubber meets the road. Let's do this. Let's try to get every business and every community at least you know, educated and warmed up to the idea about Bitcoin. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, we met through, you know, Texas slim. I heard him on a podcast on TFTC. Those guys are awesome. And, uh, and then I got in touch with you and then we had the greatest conversation ever. And I've never experienced a group of people that are so like-minded and have all of their, you know, kind of fiat personality facades melted away and, uh, and are just so truthful and dedicated to something so good. And uh, so it's, it's, it's really an amazing thing. And, and to your point, you know, we want people to understand Bitcoin, but we don't want the hurdle of understanding this, what is a basically lifelong study of something. It's not just a, I understand it or I don't. It's so much to understand that we don't even comprehend yet. And so until somebody can do that, you know, it's a long time to wait potentially. And so what we want is just for the ease of use, the ease of trying it out, and regardless if they accept it or not, they're going to see that it's such a, a superior uh, process and experience and store of value and uh, just in every way that once they dip their toe in the water, they're going to want to swim. And once they start swimming, they'll just keep going and keep going and keep learning and learning and, and propagating it out. And so I think that's really important that it's not this 
this really complex hurdle to start using and your your understanding will then catch up as quickly as you have time. And unfortunately, small business or business in general uh, really don't have a lot of time because you are really under pressure. I mean, we have incredible regulatory pressures. We have incredible local pressures. There's economic pressures. There's the pressure of inflation, which is uh, you know, just trying to overwhelm every small business and this global consolidation. It's a real problem. So, you know, we need to have industry, the Bitcoin industry, the solutions uh, kind of meet up with with businesses, but in a in a way that makes it easy for all sides and makes adoption a lot, a lot quicker and, and, and easier. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, how I how I think about it sometimes is. I don't know if, if you ever tried to give like a dog or a cat a pill, right? So you can either just tilt their head back and shove it down their throat and close their mouth and, and just wait for them to swallow it and just tell them, swallow, 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 and they'll just spit it out inevitably. Um, or you can put it in a pill pocket. You can put it in a piece of bread or a piece of meat and they will just swallow that thing whole. No problems, no questions asked, right? They'll take the orange pill. And for a long time, you know, a lot of, a lot of, Bitcoiners, myself included, because I mean, look, I was I was a Bitcoin evangelist. I still am. But I realized after a while, like there is so much content and media out there about how phenomenal Bitcoin is if you're just willing to look and take some time to learn about it. Right. But I think the thing that we're missing is, you know, hey, go back to kindergarten. It's show and tell. It's not just tell. You have to show. You have to show that that changes brain cells that rewires the mind. You start making connections because it's real, whether you're just getting your Uber driver to receive a tip in Bitcoin and showing them how it works and just getting that hands on experience or you're approaching a business owner and say, hey, I can get you set up to accept Bitcoin payments in five minutes. New customers are going to come. You can build some hype around it because Bitcoin and the whole you know, cryptocurrency space is is very hypey, right? Um, you can build some hype. You can save on fees and maybe... In a world where the price of everything is going up, your energy costs, your food costs, rent costs, labor costs, everything is going up. It's really hard to, to make ends meet, and it's going to continue to get harder, highly likely, <laughs> right? Um, wouldn't it be nice to have a little something on the side that's maybe a tenth of a percent of your sales, if that can possibly be the thing that ends up saving you, not just because you have this this store of value over the long term that will appreciate far higher than the dollar depreciates in value or far faster. Um, but you're you're also you're also able to, yeah, like I said, bring in those new customers and get that experience and exposure to Bitcoin before you have to. Right yeah, now exactly. we have the option to do it because we want to or it's because we're willing to try. But, you know, in the coming decade, we should we could see some some pretty nasty things with fiat currencies and we likely will. We already are. We're just in the United States and we're, we're generally sheltered from that. Um, we still feel it. But if you're in Lebanon or if you're in Argentina or Venezuela, you're really feeling it. Right. But here we're relatively insulated for the moment. But that can change in the blink of an eye. It has throughout history. Yeah, I mean, we're not even insulated. I mean, we have uh, inflation probably up in the mid-20s. Um, and the dollar is only the worst inflating currency. It, it is it is inflating the, the least quickest uh, because it's the world's reserve currency. 
And so we're even feeling it. So the rest of the world is, is really getting it. And, uh, and it's only a matter of time. Uh, you know, since 5,000 years, all fiat currencies have ended in the same way, collapse. And, and this is no different. Um, unfortunately, we've generationally been removed from the education of sound money. You know, in, in other past free markets, it was just kind of a normal condition of commerce that, that people would understand what it is and they would gravitate towards sound money because it was the best place to store your value or your time. And uh, this has been so uh, educated away from the mass population, they don't even know what sound money is. And so to experience it and then to learn about it is a very powerful thing. And, you know, uh, people, I don't know if you have friends that you've orange peeled and then the price goes down and they're like, hey, man, what's happening with the price? Everything all good? And I'm like, yeah, man, you're just getting cheap sets. The fundamentals do not change with price. And that's what people don't understand. When AMC stock is sky high, it doesn't make it better. And when Bitcoin price is low because the world's monetary system is in the middle of collapse, then it doesn't make it worse. In fact, it is an incredible uh, discovery by humanity, which, uh, which will benefit businesses and individuals alike. And uh, we just got to get the communities on board, uh, getting set up. It's not hard. And we got to get all the businesses kind of linked together and making these awesome suites of functionality and, uh, and have a little form of education. And I think that's really important for also e-commerce, where it's not just a signal, it's not just a podcast, it's also us going out and being real business owners, real Bitcoiners, uh, real people of, that understand the technology to go out and really educate people on the ground where the rubber meets the road to help them get set up and to help give feedback to companies to allow them to know what are the rough edges from an operational perspective, from a, a flow perspective, from a feature perspective, like what do different industries need, and, uh, and take it from there. And if we can be a little conduit of information in all directions, then we've, we've done a good job. So I think that's, that's my goal, is if, I, if we have a community that is just set up for Bitcoin, uh, it, will, it will cushion any transition to no end. And we're going to see some real improvement in, uh, in lives in that community. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, I, I guess we'll, we'll get into some of the benefits. Let's touch on just a, f a few different high level benefits of, of accepting Bitcoin. Well, actually first, first let's just talk about how, you know, so, so the Bitcoin conference was in Miami. Bitcoin 2022 conference, um, you were accepting Bitcoin and Cash App, uh, which, you know, now people who have Cash App have the ability to pay in Bitcoin. They can pay your business in Bitcoin uh, over something called the Lightning Network, which is effectively just uh, if Bitcoin is a far superior banking and monetary system, it's a bank in your pocket. Lightning is like a far superior Visa and MasterCard network, right? Where somebody could just quickly tap or scan uh, their uh, QR code with their phone and send a payment straight to you, except it's without Visa, right? And so Cash App, um, Cash App can now do that. So if you have customers that have Cash App, they can pay you in Bitcoin right now. So you know, they actually gave you a shout out at, during the keynote uh, presentation um, yeah, yeah. Uh, of the awesome. entire conference. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He came to Takiza. We talked a lot. Um, 
super awesome guy. Uh, they gave us a shout out. Um, we use Square uh, as a POS. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we're actually accepting Bitcoin through Ibex. Um, and they have an awesome system, super easy to use. Uh, you know, we use Oshi app. Uh, and, you know, so it's just trying to find ways to integrate all that stuff. Uh, but it, it really kind of goes into operational need, right? So, like, if I'm a uh, just an individual selling flowers on the side of the road, I can just have my little lightning wallet and people can pay me and I give them a flower, no big deal. But when you have an operation, say like a restaurant where you have to have uh, controls in place, you have a lot of employees, you need to make sure that everybody's doing things the right way, you accept payment and that order needs to go to the kitchen and then the cooks need to see it or else it won't come out. You know, if you're a hotel, you need to be able to like do certain things like pre-authorize, you need to be able to have incidentals, you need to integrate with POS systems. And, and so, so there's real operational things that need to be done to make it really seamless, which are already the case for Visa and MasterCard. Now, these solutions are not good. I mean, they don't work well, they're slow. It's, it's just, it's really like, uh, you know, like the laser disc, right? There's a reason that thing is not around anymore or zip drives or whatever. There's a better way to do it. And, uh, but it's, it's, it's digging in. It's not just as simple as accepting. It's like, what do you do with it then? Where do you send it? You know, how do you do your promotional stuff? How do you make it all tie in together? So it, it really takes an operational mindset to, uh, make it easy for the business because businesses, they don't have a lot of time. They barely have time to run their businesses if they're, if they're really running against the treadmill of inflation. So it, it really, you know, we really need to make it as easy and seamless as possible where they can just say, look, this is better in every way. And when the price goes up, when they have that first experience of their purchasing power increasing, which is inevitable, then it's going to, it's going to really make their day. So it's, um, yeah, that's where I'm at with it. Uh, and, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, it's, it's crazy that we live in a world where things getting more expensive over time is the norm. It's insane. Um, if you have a, a currency that isn't being inflated away, um, like we have with fiat currencies, in theory, as the economy grows, the price of things in, when priced in a good money will actually decrease over time, right? That's a good thing. You're not going to talk with anyone anywhere that says, oh, I'm so glad I get to spend more money for the same thing that I bought a year ago. Nobody wants to do that, right? And that goes all the way up and down the food chain, the manufacturing chain. Everything is getting more expensive. You know, should should a baker or a rancher or, you know, a hotel uh, owner have to invest in all of these high risk speculative assets at all times just to escape from inflation? Like that's the morass that we're currently in. Um, the, the business owners should be able to effectively just run their business. That's hard enough. And if we had a money, which we do with Bitcoin, it's volatile now, but this is the money that is capable of achieving this. If you have a good money, 
you can just worry about making the best possible product and providing value to your customers and your community without having that value be sucked out from your business at all times, whether it be through inflation, right? Uh, when the government prints money, your money becomes worth less until it's inevitably worthless. Um, but it's, it's uh, lost my train of thought there. So, so either you're you're losing money because the government's printing it, or you're also losing money because every single transaction, every time your customer swipes their card, Visa gets their cut. So that's money getting sucked out of Main Street and going straight into Wall Street. So that's that's again somewhat of a of an anomaly, and um, Bitcoin fixes that. So I feel like overall we've. We've painted the picture. This is just a high level. We could go super deep into all the different, you know, nitty gritty of what Bitcoin is and all of that. There are fantastic podcasts uh, that do that, right? Uh, There's a bunch of them. There's a bunch of articles you can read. Um, But again, our angle here is that there's plenty of that and there's not enough of this. So um, I guess maybe we can just start lightly touching on maybe... Maybe like how a business owner can go about accepting Bitcoin. So maybe we can start with if you are a business owner with no employees or effectively if you are there, the business is open. And if you are not there, the business is closed. You can use just a a simple Bitcoin wallet. Like you don't need any fancy setup. You don't have to have anything crazy. You can literally just download a Bitcoin wallet. I highly recommend something called Moon Wallet. It's M-U-U-N. You can download the wallet. Whenever your customer says, I want to pay in Bitcoin, you just pull out your phone, punch in the amount that you see on the register, 1545, and you just show them a QR code. They pay it. You now have Bitcoin. You now have something that's going to be worth more over time as opposed to being worth less over time. It's it's really as simple as that uh, for for a very small, you know, independently owned business. Um, yeah, it's uh, and, and it's not just accepting Bitcoin. It is, you know, our goal is to accept it. Our goal is to eventually, as we can orange peel vendors, pay them in Bitcoin and save in Bitcoin and also sell Bitcoin, right? Not sell our stack, but there's solutions that allow you to basically be a decentralized, no KYC exchange in effect, right? There's uh, there's BitRamp, there's there's other solutions I've heard that are in the works to do this, and uh, and you can effectively whether it's Bitcoin ATMs or something like BitRamp or another solution, then you can also offer your customers in the moment the ability to buy Bitcoin or just a little bit. And to get the experience, and I think that's pretty important because until a lot of people are just ready to go, it's it's a little hard if somebody comes up to our place and says, "Hey, you know, Bitcoin, cool. How do I do this?" I'm like, "Okay, you got to like sign up for an exchange. You got to get your cold card. It'll take a couple of weeks, and cold card's awesome, but you know, there's a time delay there." And so, just to get on a Lightning wallet, hand us twenty bucks. Buy $20 worth of Bitcoin, have your first experience is really important. And once you see the vast superiority of the Lightning Network for payments, uh, then you'll start to understand all of the superior functionality of Bitcoin in general. And, uh, and it's a global thing. So it really eliminates all of this international 
roadblocks to moving money around as well. So it's, uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's really the whole suite. And for the whole suite to be in place, you need some solutions that play nice together. And part of it is also, you know, your, your, your non-Bitcoin focused technology solutions, say like point of sales or PMS with a hotel or inventory management systems and invoicing systems and all that kind of stuff from other business models. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and like you're saying, I mean, it's, it's one thing to accept it. It's another thing for your customers to pay with it. So they need a way to procure a Bitcoin and that's gotten just way easier over time. Right. Again, you, you have things like BitRamp, you can actually sell Bitcoin, you know, and you can actually make some, some revenues off of that as well. Like you see all these little Bitcoin ATMs all over and gas stations and in the mall and everything. You can have a little one that's handheld and you can sell your customers Bitcoin on the spot, um, which again, it's a conversation starter. It builds a little hype. It's interesting. They're going to be talking about it. Oh yeah. I was at that restaurant the other day and they're actually selling Bitcoin. Isn't that crazy? Now, furthermore, like, again, they can just go on Cash App. They can buy it. There, there are tens of millions of people in the United States that have Cash App, right? Yeah. Um, and and then you can go on Strike and you can, you know, you can, you can, an app called Strike, you can effectively connect your bank account and scan any Bitcoin invoice and pay it from your checking account effectively, right? Which is another cool thing. And these tools are getting better and better. Um, and you're, you as a business owner are, are incentivized to accept Bitcoin, not just because you, not just because you like Bitcoin. But also because it, it's quite literally cheaper and more cost effective for you to do so. So to your point, the next step is to make sure that your customers have a, a very easy way to procure that Bitcoin so that then they can pay you and it's saving you in processing fees. You know, we can almost think of Bitcoin as it's, it's digital cash. It's cash, only digital. So just like with cash, there's no payment processing fees. Settlement is instant and final. There's no chargebacks. Bitcoin is the same. It's just digital instead right um and so like there go ahead i would just say it's it's digital cash with the incredible attributes of self-sovereignty and non-censorable where we don't need to ask permission to store our value to store our time and, absolutely and, and so i think uh you know this is i mean obviously it's the greatest discovery of humanity thus far but people won't discover that if they can't just test drive and say, wow, this is awesome. And, and really the lay of the land is that, you know, metaphorically, we've got, we've got some racing tires. We've got a chassis. We've got an engine sitting there. We've got a transmission. We've got, a, you know, we've got everything we need to run the race. They're just not assembled yet. And, and so we, you know, we want to be or we want to push forward the assembly of the Bitcoin circular economy to where it is, we run that race. And, and when people experience it, it is unbelievably empowering. And, uh, and, and look like regardless of what's going on in the world with centralization and all that, we're the majority. So we have the ability to shape society. It's not the world economic forum or anything. It's us, right? When communities come together and they say, Nope, we're going to do this. And, uh, and they're brave and they, they take action and they care. And all we need to do is make it easy for them. And when we do that, it's going to be incredibly powerful. And, uh, and the communities that embrace this thing, they're really going to thrive. Uh, it's only a matter of time that the, the lower the price goes, it's like a slingshot setting back 
ready to fire. Uh, because the laws of physics, game theory, mathematics, and all of those things are, are in one direction with Bitcoin. So it's um, it, the ones that adopt earlier, educate themselves, have the, the faith to weather the little volatility that we have, uh, which in the grand scheme of things won't look like much, uh, then they're, they're going to be great. So uh, we want to give... Uh, everybody uh, uh, running start uh, in this race. And not only that, I think it's hyper important that we understand what small business is. Uh, small business is decentralized commerce, right? It is the most important type of business. It is uh, what we should be supporting. We don't need multinational corporations. They don't add value. Uh, it is hyper important that the baker can make money and provide for his family. It's hyper important that the local mechanic can, can make ends meet. It's, you know, we shouldn't have to have any more than one really high quality shop and we got to keep it high quality. It's free market, but it shouldn't be that you can only make money if you have 50 stores because everything is so centralized and you have to be backed by a big hedge fund or anything. It's, that's not the way normal markets work. It's the way the, this fiat inflationary debt-based monetary system works and it ends up siphoning all the life into a few hands and the only life raft against that is sound money and the best sound money is bitcoin 100 percent, 100 percent, and that really just highlights exactly what we're trying to do with the b-commerce uh, podcast and just b-commerce in general um many of these major corporations have access to online commerce and tools that most small business owners really do not have access to in a feasible way, or if they do have access to it, they don't have the network effects like all of these other big, you know, corporations do, right? People know, Hey, I'm just going to get this on Amazon because it has a massive network effect and everything is going to be on there. And, and that's all, that's all fine and good. But we also have to realize that, uh, you know, e-commerce as it stands today accounts for just 15% of us retail sales. It's just 15%. And Amazon absolutely dominates that. But the 85% of retail sales is happening in person. It's happening in store. And the majority of that is happening from small businesses. Yep. Even though it seems as though that's not the case, the majority of that, trillions of dollars in the U.S. economy and more across the world, happens locally. And remember... You know, just we have we have these cards and we can use them primarily online. We can we use them everywhere now, but they were in initially primarily for online commerce. Right. That's how everybody got on. But we use them everywhere currently. Right. And so what Bitcoin enables is for a small, you know, mom and pop shop making pupusas in El Salvador to start accepting digital payments for the first time. And they can participate in e-commerce, you know, henceforth B-commerce. Um, and effectively have the same payments network, a greater payments network, a better payments network than the, than the largest of corporations, right? Um, and that is insanely empowering. And so for, you know, for, for small businesses all over the country and all over the world to have access to this empowering technology, not only is the savings technology and the, the soundest, hardest money ever known to man, but the network and the network effect of participating in that network is going to be the thing 
that in my opinion is, is going to usher in this uh, small business renaissance and it's going to distribute and, you know, very buzzwordy, but decentralize, right? Commerce as, as it currently sits today, right? You know, the, the backbone of America and the world are the small businesses and without them, we are spineless and they are going Absolutely. away. They are disappearing and Bitcoin is the way to take some of that power back, to stand up tall, and not to do so in a violent way. No, no, this is a peaceful monetary revolution, one payment at a time. I'm going to trade my money for your bread, except this time it's good money, right? Well, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's opting out. We have a collapsing fiat system that fleeces you at every corner, extracts value at every corner and you're just expected to run faster and faster and faster i mean and if anybody's you know listening to this i mean think back at the times when you've said to your kids hey like uh, i'm sorry i can't spend time with you right now i have to get this done for work and where did that pressure come from it didn't come because you don't work hard necessarily it didn't come necessarily because you have a bad product it came because of all the things that get sucked out of your business, whether you like it or not, right? Whether it's regulatory, whether it's inflation, whether it's taxes, whether it's fees, whether it's hoops you have to jump through from bureaucrats. And, and this is uh, because we are trapped in a monetary network, which are controlled by people that want to extract this value. And the very structure of the monetary system leads towards centralization. So you effectively can just say, you know what? I'm not going to fight the system. I'm just going to leave. I'm just going to go take my sound money and my hard work someplace else. And it's really incredible. Um, you know, when we talk about high time preference and low time preference, when I started getting into Bitcoin and understanding it more, my behavior changed. I started operating and thinking in a much more... Uh, low time preference fashion. Uh, I didn't want to expand the business the way I did later. I wanted to keep it safe and quality and light on its feet and able to weather a storm and, and reserve Bitcoin because I know that when things start to flip and they're starting to flip, everybody feels it, <laughs> then, then we'll be positioned to where we don't need to be a, a, a mega corporation in order to make great value back for our time. And so uh, when people start to realize that there's another way to live, we're not just talking about money. We're talking about your time. And, uh, and, and central banks steal time. That's what they do. They milk the combined value of society. They, they steal the time of, of the citizens forced to use their currencies. And, and this is... Uh, very detrimental because that never stops and you end up running and running faster on the treadmill until it gets too fast and you fall off and it's game over. And we don't want game over. We want to opt out of the game and to really protect our businesses and our communities. And that's the mission. So we've, we, we had a, a great, you know, Takiza, we had a great feedback uh, from the conference, you know, 10% of our sales for that week were in Bitcoin it became kind of the Bitcoin clubhouse. Uh, all, all companies are invited to come and we can try out solutions and test them and break them and, you know, try them again. And, 
and uh, we're, we're, we're very happy to do that. And uh, in that, you know, and through working with you, then, then I think we really found a need where there's, there's not a great way for companies to implement their products because it's one piece in a larger suite of things that small business needs. And there's not a great resource for small business to go to because each company really is the expertise in their own field. And so we're kind of the crossroads in this where we have industry, we have small business, uh, we know operations, and, uh, and that's, that's really what we want to do and, and make it easy and develop this thing, take the rough edges off. And if communities can opt out, they're going to thrive. It's going to be great. Absolutely. And it, again, it just it can be one transaction at a time, one business at a time, one transaction, one customer at a time, reaching out to them, reaching out to businesses, right? Uh, it doesn't have to be this giant cannonball into Bitcoin. Like you can have a parallel, effectively a, a payment processor and monetary network that can be your safe haven and it can help your business right now, <laughs> right now. One transaction a month, so what? All right, cool. Get some practice because you're going to need it, right? So yeah, ultimately, um, like you said, that's what we're trying to do here. Uh, we we kind of dove into uh, you know some of the theory of it today, but each week or each each podcast episode, we're going to bring someone on, whether it's a business owner that's currently going through this themselves, um, or it is somebody who works directly with small businesses and medium-sized businesses to start accepting Bitcoin or custodying Bitcoin or, you know, marketing or getting your e-commerce site plugged in and so on. Ways to run your own node, you know, for those that know what that means, right? And we're going to have these people on and we're going to get down into the nitty gritty of each of these topics so that each and every podcast, we hope that you as a business owner and you as a consumer or as a Bitcoiner will be better armed with the tools um, to either start accepting Bitcoin at your business or to start introducing other businesses to Bitcoin. Uh, because again, it's it's not as hard as it seems, but it takes a little work. It takes a little knowledge and a little bit of knowledge goes a long way especially if we're talking about just a small percentage of your sales now that could amount to a very large, you know, percentage of your wealth in, in the future in a good way. Right. Um, and, you know, I guess like you were saying for a long time, you know, we basically had a single family income home, um, two car garage, white picket fence, living the American dream. And each year, you know, each decade, that dream gets further and further and further away. You know, you don't have a five-year mortgage or a 10-year mortgage. You have a 30. And there'll soon be a 40 or a 50 or a 60 because no one can afford these homes, right? And now the wife has to work. Or you, you got to have at least two people, you know, making income just to pay for that mortgage, just to feed your kids. Now people are quite literally say, oh, I don't want to have any kids. They're too expensive, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, this is, well, this is heavy, <laughs> but this is a result of fiat money. It's a hamster wheel. Just take a step off of it. <laughs> 
Don't yeah, fight it. <laughs> yeah, and it's and it's sad. It tears families apart. It destroys lineage. It's um and it's and it's by design, and it it really empowers the few against the many, and uh, and again we can opt out. And so I think you know we we also need to have a an easy place for people to learn. I mean, right now you know my experience with with uh, Bitcoin. You know when I got into it, I didn't even know about the Bitcoin Standard, the book. I did probably two hundred hours of research. And, and then I, somebody said, Hey, did you read the Bitcoin standard? I'm like, no. And then I read it. I'm like, God, I could have saved a lot of time. And, and so there's, it's really hard to know where to start. And, and so from a, from a Bitcoin circular economy perspective, we want to be a, a resource for people to say, Hey, look, how you doing? Okay. What, what are you doing? What's your business? Okay. Let's talk. Now, what do you know? What do you not know? Okay, let's get you up to speed. Let's go. And, and it can be that easy. And, uh, and so that's really the goal. And, and there's incredible companies out there uh, developing incredible tools. And there are incredible people behind those tools, uh, just really enjoyable to work with and be with. And it is the most inspiring movement I've ever been a part of. And, uh, and, and it's really where I feel like people that, that get into this space, they find themselves for the first time. So I think that's uh, really going to accelerate things. Uh, we just need to make it easy. And so uh, so I'm excited to, you know, in the background, we're going to be beating the street and testing a lot of tools and seeing how we can bolt different tools onto other tools and make it easier and talk to POSs and PMSs and inventory management systems and other solutions to try to integrate and make it as 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 easy as possible and even better than current systems. And I think with a little bit of time, we'll get there. And, uh, you know, and sometimes people just need a helping hand. You know, they just need somebody to show them what to do and talk to them all in one place. It can't be this a la carte kind of hunting expedition because people simply don't have time. Why don't they have time? Because that treadmill's getting faster and faster. That's right. And let's trade in the treadmills for a surfboard because... This Bitcoin wave is coming, guys. <laughs> it's coming. It is a tsunami. And as a business owner, as a consumer, as a Bitcoiner, looking to talk with businesses to, uh, you know, about Bitcoin, you can either grab your surfboard and ride the wave or you can get washed away. Either way, you're going to be riding it. Yep. <laughs> but you can either ride it on your terms <laughs> or on someone else's. So that's our goal. We want to get you guys all empowered to learn the tools and know how to use them. Uh, you know, with that, any, any uh, parting, parting words, John, I figure we'll kind of wrap it up for this time. And yeah, no, I think, uh, I think it's just, I'm so uh, thankful to be in the space. I'll never, uh, I'll never stop saying thank you to, uh, to my man that orange pilled me, changed our life, changed our family's life, uh, probably saved us to be honest. And, uh, and so it's, um, just very excited to play it forward and to help uh, anybody that wants to be a part of this and uh, and move on. Let's, uh, let's build the bridge to the future and opt out. Heck yeah. All right. We'll, we'll end it there. We've, uh, we've given you the, the basic foundation here. On the next episode, we'll dive into it and explain how the hell you accept Bitcoin with a variety of tools. Let's do it. Till next time.